0: You're listening to episode 73 of the Journey to Launch podcast. Journey Profile Series with Kari Lors T minus 10 seconds. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Sufrant, as a money expert who walks her talk. She helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in 5, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to bring you today's podcast episode. I'm going to be having on a journeyer. So this is a journeyer profile series. And if you remember, I started this series a little while back because I wanted to reach out and talk to people in the community. Journeyers like yourself, I wanted to hear your unique stories because I knew that hearing from one another on what you're actually going through. So what's the real life of someone who's on the journey to FI who's trying to reach financial freedom, what is it like? Not necessarily that you have already reached the promised land, right? Like you're on this journey. What does that journey look like? I thought it would be super important to share these stories. And I know that it will be helpful because you don't always just want to hear from the experts. You don't always want to hear from me, although that'd be nice, right? If you heard from me all the time. But no, seriously, it's really about what is your fellow journeyer doing on this path and how could it possibly help you? And I'm really excited because on today's podcast, I'm talking to Kari Lors, and Kari has a unique situation. Her and her husband are on the journey to FI and they have a daughter that has cerebral palsy and their daughter is pretty young. She's two and a half years old and they have to save and spend and plan for their future a bit differently. Because not only are they planning for themselves, but now they're planning for their daughter to make sure that her daughter is completely taken care of and she's having the treatments that she needs. So how does one deal with that? How does a family deal with that in their financial journey? Because there's so many more things to take into account when you have a situation like this. So I'm excited to have Kari on the show to tell her story, tell us what she's doing. And I really think that this will be helpful for you. If you want any of the episode show notes, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 73. There you'll actually see more of a profile about Kari. I did a more in-depth answering question about what her journey is the lessons she's learned. So make sure you go and check it out. You'll get a lot more information to help also supplement what you're hearing on the podcast. So that's journeytolaunch.com. dot com slash episode 73. I also want to bring you a review of the week. And so, you know, I always ask you to leave me an Apple podcast review if you listen to this in Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your Apple phone. This week's journey review comes from Margo8099. Margo says, I've been following Jamila for quite some time now, since before her podcast. She has always been a breath of fresh air. So when she announced that she would be launching her podcast, I knew I had to tune in and it didn't disappoint. More than a year later, now I still look forward to her podcast every Wednesday. Content is great and she's very relatable. I'm so excited for her. Her audience has seen her side hustle become her main hustle. And I'm so excited for her now, even with her last announcement. I'm rooting for you, girl. Keep up the great work and great content. Thanks so much, Margot. Really appreciate that. And yes, I will keep it going. I'm gonna keep on delivering great content and things to help you on your journey. If you also wanna leave that review, you can go to Apple Podcasts to do that. I really appreciate that. And it doesn't matter where you listen, just rate, review, and subscribe. As I always say, tell a friend to tell your friend. That's how it works, where you get the word out about the podcast even more. Remember to follow me on social media as Journey to Launch. I wanna hear what you thought of the episode. I'm Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, let's get into this conversation. Hey, journeyers. I'm back with another great journeyer profile interview. Today I have on Kari
1: Lors. Hi, Kari. Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. I want to really talk about your story, your journey, because I found it so touching and so unique in a sense where I know that there are other people who are also, who have some of the things that you have going on in your life, which we're going to get into. But first, just introduce yourself. Tell everyone where you live. And maybe just some quick stats about your age and if you're married, have kids, etc.
1: Yeah, no problem. So I live just outside of Portland, Oregon. Many people are probably familiar with it. And yes, we all love food here just as much as everybody thinks we do. And I just turned 40. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And I'm married with a one
0: three-year-old daughter. I was alluding to this a little bit before, but in your family structure, everything, This has been a huge impact. So we're gonna talk about your journey to financial independence and where you are on the journey and some of the things that are helping you, some of the things that have been factors you've had to overcome. And can you just talk a little bit about your daughter?
1: Yeah, my daughter Lilia, she is almost three, just like I said, but she was born 10 weeks early for some unknown reason. And due to that, we spent a lot of time in the NICU. And over the course of the next few years with tests and doctor's appointments and therapy and evaluations, we've come to the conclusion with many doctors' help that Lilia will most likely be diagnosed with cerebral palsy.
0: Mm, Right. And one of the things that stood out just about your intake form, so I'd had people fill out forms if they were interested to be on the show and to be profiled. And when I saw that, I said, wow, I know that the medical considerations and having to pay for her doctor's appointments and things that come along with this would be a huge factor for yourself, for your husband. And I would think that there are some people out there who can relate to that. So that's why I wanted you to come on this and share that. And also to show that There are going to be a lot of things that happen in our lives or circumstances, but we can still achieve our goals or at least work towards them. And that's why I want to share where you are currently. So when did you first find out about financial independence?
1: I probably became really interested in my finances personally, maybe five, six years ago when I found out I absolutely hated my job that I was in. And my husband's like, quit. And so I quit and then I had to find creative ways on how to save money, how to make money. And so for a while I volunteered and then I got a job. And then I started learning about Dave Ramsey, trying to pay off some of that debt that we had incurred while I was just volunteering. So I started learning about the rabbit hole that is Dave Ramsey and just started learning about five from there.
0: And can I ask what your background, what you did for work before you fell into this?
1: Yeah. So, what I was doing, I was working for a large retail chain and I was a manager there. But my heart was really into the farm to school movement. So, helping kids, especially kids that may not have the means to have access to healthy food or learn about healthy food. So, I really did a lot with policy advocacy and even some farm education trips.
0: Okay. And then that's when you didn't enjoy that job.
1: I did enjoy the farm education. I did not enjoy the retail job. Okay. So you didn't enjoy the retail
0: aspect of it. And so you wanted to do something else. So your husband seemed very supportive
1: and said, why don't you quit? Right? Yeah. I am continue to be very lucky with my husband. He's very supportive with Whatever crazy or outlandish ideas I come up with that I think are just amazing.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So what does your husband do? Can I ask you that?
1: Yeah, certainly. My husband works for the state. He works in child welfare. And he is also part of Army National Guard. Okay.
0: So it took a little bit of time, but you volunteered. Then you found out about Dave Ramsey. So at that point, how much debt did you guys
1: have? We were probably in for about 15000 in debt, just through living arrangements. We had just recently gotten married and we had some car issues, just small little things that added up to be a big thing for us.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming because Dave Ramsey is a really nice gateway drug into the FI world because it really gets you on that at least starting block of, okay, the goal is to get rid of your debt. So were you able to get rid of all your debt?
1: Yes it was amazing. We did get rid of our debt. And now we have a nice fat stockpile, which makes me feel very good and comfy deep down in my heart.
0: Now, when you say stockpile, are you saying you have a few money?
1: Not quite fu few money that that's a separate savings account, <laughs> but it's growing. Well,
0: we'll get into mm-hmm. that. So you paid off debt using Dave Ramsey's method. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure once you paid off that debt, then what? What got you to the next step of hmm, this is not enough, being debt-free is great, but what's the next step after that?
1: For my job that I currently have right now, it's about almost an hour commute each way. So I did originally start listening to Dave Ramsey podcasts. And then I started teaching people at work some of the Dave Ramsey method, doing a book study, because I didn't want to have to pay $300 or whatever to take the class or to teach people his methods. So when I was listening to the podcast, you start being suggested this podcast might be good for you so then I found oh Paula Pant afford anything and then I found stacking Benjamins and then I found Jean Chatsky her money and then I find that I really found my fi groove with listening to choose fi it was the one that really opened my eyes to what is possible out there
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I had the Choose a Fire Guys on. I've been on their podcast. I'll link those in the episode show notes. But I do think it's a wonderful resource for people because they really break down the true FI path and all these levers you can pull. It's interesting. So now you found FI through falling down this rabbit hole, which is amazing. I love just some of the podcasts you mentioned. (laughs) I used to listen to a lot of those too before I had my podcast. Nice. And you found Choose FI and now you've found financial independence as concept. So where are you at this point? Did you have Lilia already or was this before her?
1: Yeah, I probably found the Choose FI podcast maybe about nine months ago or so well after Lilia has been established. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then for you at this point, what were you thinking? Like, what were you feeling? Because now you have a daughter and we're going to get into maybe some of the things that come along with having a daughter with special need. How do you budget for that? Yeah. How do you save for that in the future? So what about the financial independent movement drew you in made you want to be a part of it?
1: The main thing that drew me in and still drives me is the concept of freedom, not necessarily the not working piece, but having the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Like I definitely have drive and a passion to contribute in a working way, but I would rather so much more work for myself or in a way that allows me flexibility to take care of Lilia the way that she needs it in the way that's best for our family. Mm-hmm.
0: I should have asked this also before, when you were in debt payoff mode and as you're getting your finances in order, was there anything major that you changed or did to be able to do that?
1: Definitely just being aware of what we were spending. Because before I found out about this, I didn't really think about money that much. I had always had it in my bank account from working. I've worked since I was 16. But I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And it kills me to think about money just sitting in my account when I was 22, when I could have been investing it and saving it and earning interest on it. And I just didn't know. But when I didn't have my job there, I was like, oh, damn, I have to worry about this now. I guess I better start learning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So you just got more intentional.
1: Yeah. Intentional. Definitely. Definitely. It was so funny. I'm ashamed to say it, but a little bit, I got into couponing.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's nothing to be ashamed about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it is a gateway drug in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I was so like, oh my God, I just got like 12 bottles of shampoo for 16 cents. Mm -hmm. And I did recently just run out of the shampoo that I bought six years ago.
0: Okay. So would you say that's a big part of being able to save money is couponing for you?
1: I don't know that it was the key to saving money, but I think the amount of mental energy you put into couponing about what's a good deal, what's not a good deal, is this really worth this price tag? If I exhibit a little bit of patience, can I get it for cheaper? It's the mindset shift that came with couponing, not actually couponing itself.
0: Mm, I actually love that you said that because just like everything else, sometimes it's not the actual thing or the actual action that you're taking. So whether it's like specific budgeting or couponing, or even if it's like a side hustle, it's not necessarily the end product or what you're going after. It's like the steps it takes to evaluate decisions and to look at all the identifying or risk factors towards making that decision that really, really help build up the skill set. Sometimes you can't quantify it, but it's such a big, huge help on the journey and then in other areas of your life.
1: Exactly. Totally. A mental skill set that you have to develop, I think is very key for people, especially for somebody like me who I didn't really have a clue about anything or money or whether the $10 I was handing over for an item was really worth it. So yes, definitely a skill set and intentionality.
0: All right. So you have, it seems like the basic foundation before you really got into Fi, what to do? So for you, what then became your goal? Did you have a certain amount of money you needed saved up, considering that you did have a daughter with special needs? And then can you share how much
1: that is? Yes. I don't think we ever decided we need this much money for Lilia for her daily needs, but we knew that we were gonna have like 60 regular therapy appointments that have a copay and Sometimes they don't pay for certain therapies, but they do for others. Or one of the main testings that we wanted to have done wasn't covered by insurance, but it would have been about $8,000. So going through that appeal process and being denied, then appealing again, and then being denied again, and then appealing, and then being, oh my gosh, I need to step away from this medical process is crazy. But for Lilia... Right now, we're spending on her probably about maybe $600 a month in just therapies and co-pays right now, which is a lot of money that adds up over time, but it is extraordinarily worth it. and It's essential for her to develop these physical skills early on while her Neuro pathways are still developing. Mm-hmm. People love to talk about neuro pathways with children with disabilities, but while they're young is the best time to get them to learn these skills. So you really have to hop on it while they're before the age of four.
0: Right. So that $600 number, obviously, that's going to change a bit as she gets older, too, right?
1: Yeah, it will, because some therapies we're doing now, we can only do for a certain number of sessions. And then we're cut off. Some therapies are with a private therapy group, so it's totally out of pocket, and those rates could always change. But her therapies won't last forever, but I'm sure we'll find new ways that she will need help as she grows and develops, and new issues become apparent.
0: Right. So in terms of like the numbers now that you are looking to say, okay, I'd like to reach FI or this is how I know I've reached FI. How do you factor in those costs and what are the total costs? Like, okay, I need 2 million. I need, Mm -hmm. or do you look at it more from a monthly basis? We'll need this much amount of money monthly coming in to really hit our FI goal. Yeah.
1: For our FI goal specifically, we've got kind of a range. People call it lean FI or fat FI and for our lean fine number it's about 1.2 million and that's just my husband and myself's number for retirement that does not include Lilia while our fat fine number is going to be around 1.8 million but for Lilia specifically we do have a couple of savings vehicles that are now open to us and the one that really matters for tax implications that one caps out at 300,000
0: Right. To have saved up. Okay. So let's go into that. And I want to make sure everyone understands what lean FI and fat FI mean, because we know it, but so maybe someone listening who's really just finding out about this is curious about it. So lean FI really means bare bones. You're living more simply, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. And so that's why typically that can be a lower number because you're not spending as much. You don't have as many expenses, And then the fat FI is more of, okay, this is comfortable. This is really not cutting back too much. We're still living probably a lifestyle in which we live today. Now, how did you figure out your FI number? I know that's a question I get a lot. Mm -hmm. Did you kind of use that general 25 times rule where you multiply your annual expenses by 25?
1: A little bit sort of, but I'm a huge fan of online calculators. And so I went through every single online calculator that I could find. There's so many from super basic calculators, like you input three different numbers and it tells you or you can input like 25 different numbers and change all of these variables and that will give you your number. So I found every single one and played with them all (laughs) and they all came up. Right. Do you
0: have one that you recommend that you can remember off the top of your head?
1: The one that I particularly liked was through my bank, which was a Wells Fargo one. It had lots of variables that you can change on it, which was nice. And it saves it over time. I wish it was more encompassing where you could put in access, like a personal capital account that has access to everything. That's one I haven't delved into, but I would like to. Right, But there's so many calculators and it just whatever makes it easiest for you to understand because whatever is easiest for you to understand, that's the one that you're going to go with.
0: Mm-hmm. And the number I just said, the 25 time rule, that's a really simple one. That's just taking your annual expenses, multiplying it by 25, and it gives you a roundabout number. But I like actually backing that up. So, yes, it's a good starting point. But like you said, there are tons of online calculators and if you have a bank account, if you have a retirement account, typically they'll have calculators associated or on your login to when you go in and they'll it'll allow you to put in some variables about, okay, how much would you need annually and how old are you and what's the return rate that you expect? You can play around and get just a good idea. So that's just a tip for anyone who's trying to figure out, okay, what is it that I actually need to be comfortable or what is this FI number that everyone's talking about? That's a way to figure it out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely play around with your variables. And it's fun. Is this my nerdiness showing? But retirement (laughs) calculators are so fun.
0: It's fun for me, too. It's one of those things where if you're not at all into any of this, it's kind of like you staying away from it. I don't want to even look at that. But once you start getting into it and you start realizing, wow, this is what it means. Like if I can add another zero here and If I can squeeze out an extra thousand here every year, like what that does to your overall portfolio, it does get exciting. So I guess that's us FI (laughs) nerds getting excited about that. But one of the things that you mentioned, so you have this account, this tax advantage account, Mm -hmm. it's called an ABLE account, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. And it was an account that was just established back in 2014 due to a federal act to help people with disabilities to save
0: I know one thing that I've heard with people who have disabilities and then, or people who are raising or taking care of people with disabilities is this thing where if they earn too much, they won't get enough help from the government. And so it kind of limits their scope of work and what they can achieve. So is that account, that Able account, was that one of the reasons why it was created?
1: Yeah, people were being penalized for saving and that's butting heads with the purpose of planning and taking care and being responsible. Nobody should be penalized for saving money for planning for the future. But they found out that if you did have a disability and you had over a certain dollar amount, you wouldn't qualify for benefits. So it was really hard for people. So they had to either not save or they had to give it to their family to hold in their name where they didn't have control over it. And they just trusted that their family would give it back to them or they just kept it in cash, which is a scary place for money nerds, you know, just having your money in cash. So it really was a hindrance to them to being successful and stable in their situation. Yeah.
0: Now, can I ask, are you and your husband's high income, mid income? And I know that that can mean different things for different people. And I'm asking that because when I'm thinking about how much money that you guys have to spend on your living expenses. And then even if you just had a child without any disabilities, how much that will cost. And then to add that layer of all the doctor visits and therapy, how much that adds to it. So do you mind sharing a little bit about where you guys are at on the income scale? Because that might help people figure out like, this is something that is doable or relatable to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have no problem sharing. Um, an approximate range. It changes from year to year because right now I'm hourly, but we take home probably about 80000 a year.
0: Okay. And so with that, you're able to still save and invest. How are you saving and investing? Are you maxing out retirement funds and Roth IRAs? And what are you doing?
1: So I'm doing a little bit of everything. A little bit goes against the grain, but I have an IRA account. I've got a work 401k account. And my husband is lucky enough to be in two places where he will have two pensions, one from the U S army and one from national guard. And then we are also saving in different sinking funds. I'm a huge fan of sinking funds. They are amazing. And then saving for Lilia in her account as well. So every year for Lilia, we can put up to 15,000 away for her and Right now, we just opened the account, I'm transferring it from a regular 529 account, but we're trying hard and I've got a couple things in the hopper that I'm trying to get going to see if we can raise that amount.
0: And one of the things you're doing is you're focusing on increasing income, right? And side hustles. Correct. So can you talk about what you're doing or what things have you found to help increase your income?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And it's so funny before, you know, we were talking about couponing and one of the things that I kind of came to the idea about myself is that I found the saying and it was quit majoring in minor things. And that's what I was doing. I was getting really good at things that didn't really matter, like couponing or doing taste testings or being in medical research studies. And it was really just holding me back from opening up all my energy and my focus to new things. So I'm trying to do online freelancing work, freelance writing I'm getting into and trying to start my own little side hustle, helping other people that are looking to start their home business. So I'm trying to help virtual assistants, helping them get traction in their business and Mm -hmm. other small entrepreneurs as well.
0: Right. And I love that quote, quit majoring in minor things. That's awesome. Because I could tell you that sometimes, especially when you first start out, and I think it is helpful, right? Like we're saying, it's great to train your mind and your habits and to change that mindset about the little things because they add up. So you're looking at the budget and you stop spending a dollar here and there. It's good training for that discipline of not just spending without thinking. But when you really look at reaching the big goals and the big picture, the driving force is the income side of things. So expenses, yes, keep that down, keep it moderate. But the income, figuring out how to make more is really what's going to propel you to be able to reach your goals. And so I like that you started to switch from, okay, I'm going to like not necessarily only look at one side in the penny pinching, but I'm going to look at, okay, how can I increase my income? How can I double it or whatever it is that you're going after so you can save in all these accounts and do all the things that you want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just opening up your mind to the possibilities. Like I was walking through my mom's house the other week and I was looking at this urn that was sitting on her shelf. She has a lot of collectibles. I'm like, mom, that's ugly. And she's like, you're right, it is. You should sell it. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, there's a matching one on the other bookcase. Get that one too and sell them as a matching pair. I'm like, awesome, I'm going to do that. And so I started selling family heirlooms on eBay.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's just one of those things where it's part of the community and FI, whether you're a true FI, and that's really what you're going for. You want to get out of debt, save more money. It's really... Looking at those opportunities, seeing things that you might not have saw before because you were focusing on something that really wasn't going to make a big dent in what you were doing and then changing that
1: up. Yeah, absolutely. The small things, they were great, but they were definitely in training for these bigger things. So I think I definitely had to work through those processes to get my ambition and my confidence up for trying this big, new, scary thing, which is the interwebs. So yeah,
0: (laughs) right, right. Do you know how long it's going to take you to reach this goal, your lean FI goal of 1.2 million, and then this fat FI of 1.8? Like, how long will it take you to get there? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, with all my lovely Excel spreadsheets, we figured out that we're going to have our house paid off hopefully by the time we're 48, if we just keep on trucking with it, doing extra principal payments, and then. I can retire by 52. And then for my husband, he can't really retire early due to the pensions, but we can reach financial independence. And hopefully we can get there by the time we're both about 55.
0: And then at the same time, you're planning that you're setting up Lilia to be able to have money for herself. And I'm sure working on a plan for her to have her best life, right? Just like any parent would.
1: Yeah, exactly. So our FI age was a lot earlier, but with account for what we need to do for Lilia, what we need to save for her, in addition to what we're spending extra for her, it's pushed us back a few years. But of course, you're a parent, you do what you got to do to take care of your child the best way that you can. So we had to adjust our numbers, understandably so.
0: Mm -hmm. And going back to your husband and his pensions, which is like great that he has that available to him and my husband, he also is gonna be qualified for a pension when he's able to retire, which helps us a lot in terms of our FI goal. So this is another thing for anyone listening that your calculation, the way you get to reaching FI, it's gonna to look totally different. Each family, each person, it's gonna look different for. Her. Because in my case, just like how probably you guys are doing it, because we are looking at part of his pension, being able to pay for our expenses, our total amount needed to be saved is not necessarily going to be as much as if we didn't have that pension to rely on. Taking that into account or taking any passive income streams that you're going to have kick in, for us, part of that is real estate, that we're going to have our investment property paid off. So that's going to be another income that we're going to expect in retirement phase. So looking at really all the factors and realizing that it's not going to be just a one size fits all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And pensions are so tricky for some people to put a number on it. But there are definitely some good resources out there, especially for Army pensions. You can do some Googling and find out some great tools that can help you figure out what that number is. And the great thing about having the Army pension is the healthcare aspect of that will be taken care of for us.
0: Mm, and that's so important. I'm sure you know a lot more about the healthcare system that you probably did before.
1: Yeah.
0: Does, does your you have good health insurance that helps with all the expenses for the, Lilia?
1: Yeah, we are extremely fortunate in our insurance plan that we have. And it is amazing. And I don't know how we would survive if we didn't have a good insurance plan. So it's been a blessing, definitely. Right, right.
0: So, someone's listening and maybe they hear your story and they can resonate a lot with it because they also are taking care of someone with a disability, or maybe they have a disability themselves, or whatever. They just want to know how you're doing this, how you have reached so many of your goals, and then you're still trucking forward. Like, what lessons learned can you share? I
1: don't know if there's a specific lesson I can share about it, but the one thing I'm very adamant is. Every day, at a minimum, I'm spending one hour learning about money or planning for the future and dedicating just one hour at a minimum. And for me, I probably go overboard because I have my commute two ways. And then I listen to podcasts while cleaning and doing dishes. But for that person, definitely just focus one hour on learning. And every day, if you do that, by the end of the month, you will have so much better grasp on your situation about the resources that are available to you. And there are are a lot of resources that are available to you if you have a disability. You just have to reach out and make the connections to the right people. You know, there's so many nonprofit groups in the U.S. and in individual states that can connect you to services or planners or show you a website that says, here, here's all your information that you need to know. But you just really have to go after and learn that for yourself.
0: Right. You have to take some initiative and that control back. So you mentioned like you have a lot going on. You have a long commute and you work and your husband works and then you have a child. And then on top of that, your child does have some special needs. So on top of all of that, you're still taking time out to educate yourself and to learn and to dive deeper, which I really admire because there's so many people who will say, oh, I don't have the time. But I really feel like it's one of those things where you make the time for what's important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You make the time you prioritize. And for myself, so many times I say, I don't have time for that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I've got 15 minutes between daycare drop off. And before I get to the grocery store, I'm like, I can do that. So it's just being planful in being very intentional with your time. Getting on YouTube is the worst. I never get on YouTube anymore.
0: <laughs> it is a rabbit hole because I find myself doing the same thing. I say, oh, I don't have time to work out. And then I find that I spent like 20 minutes scrolling on Instagram. So I totally right? get it.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was so bad. I had to delete the YouTube app from my phone so I wouldn't go on it.
0: That's another tip though sometimes you don't need the temptation. So that's like, I always say, I don't go to the mall unless I have to. I don't go to Target because I know I'm going to buy something, especially at Target. There's always something like cute that I think I need that I don't. Same thing with if you're trying to get your time back, just delete the app. Or I don't know of them off the top of my head, but they have these programs or apps now where it can lock you out of certain programs. Even on your computer, if you're trying to do work, it can lock you out of all the other things that you're not supposed to be going into and put
1: a time <laughs> limit on it. So no, it's a good tip. That is, that'd be so awesome. You're on your computer screen and it's like denied. You're like, what? <laughs> right. But I'm
0: just so thankful for you coming on and sharing your story. Can you just let everyone know where they can find you or where they can learn more about you and if you have any resources? So I'll, get that from you after this and put it in the show notes, but anything where people can also get resources of how they can also learn more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for myself, one of my big side hustles that I have just started up is some virtual assistance business. So they can find me at the PDXVA. So PDX is Portland Airports sign. And so the PDXVA.com and shoot me an email. I'm right there. I'll be happy to answer any questions for anybody. And for resources, definitely just Google and nonprofit organization disability in your state name. And there will pop up some huge resources. So the big one for me, since I'm in Oregon, is Fact Oregon. They're a huge asset to anybody who has special needs or a family member who's trying to help somebody with special needs.
0: Awesome. I will link that in the show notes. Thanks so much, Kari, for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. My pleasure. I really, really hope you enjoyed that episode with Kari. Kari, I think, just is a testament to what you can accomplish once you are focused and you have a little person depending on you. And I think it's just amazing as a fellow mom myself that we do what we have to do. And so it's important that they're on their goal. They're on their journey to reach financial independence because, yes, it's for them, but it's also for their daughter to make sure that she's secure in her financial future. So I'm loving that. And I hope you really got a lot from that. Again, if you want the episode show notes, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 73. Remember to connect with me on social. I'm Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also hashtag Journey to Launch so that way other journeyers can find you. And of course, if you're on Facebook, join the Facebook community. You can connect with other journeyers and myself. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash community or type in Journey to Launch in Facebook. Okay, so until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers.